the blast from our past network. DOJ wants advisors that focus on cartels involved in pursuing Mr. Diaz. This is Matt Graver. He'll be leading the team. Isn't this Phoenix homicide now? No, we're expanding the scope of the investigation a bit. You'll act as a liaison. What does that mean? They need an agent with tactical experience like you. State Department is pulling an agent from the field that specializes in responding to escalated cartel activity. You'll be part of the team. You meet up with them at Luke uh, tomorrow? Day after. Early. Air Force Base? Yeah, we're gonna go see Guillermo. Diaz's brother. That's the one. Where is he? Oh, he's in the El Paso area. What's our objective? To dramatically overreact. Kate. You must volunteer for an interagency task force. Think very hard before you respond. You want to be a part of this? Do we get an opportunity of the men responsible for today? The men who are really responsible for today, yeah. I'll volunteer. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. This week, we are covering our second Denis Villeneuve film. With a little movie, maybe you've heard of, maybe not. It's called Sicario. I'd like to welcome co-host Dean. Hey, Tim. What's up? Uh, Not much. Just here, uh, you know, doing a podcast about a movie. Just here, ready to do some Denis Villeneuve talk. Showed up today to uh, do a podcast about a movie I watched. Cool. Good. I'm glad you showed up. And loved yeah, uh, Dean, we're both huge fans of this director. Huge fan. Huge, huge fan. Huge I, I think I think these two that we've covered are interesting, too, to be the, like sort of the only two that we've covered. This one a little bit more. You know, this is another one of the, the big ones. But, um, like, I love this movie. This movie's, like, five out of five perfect movie for me. And it's still probably, like, my third or fourth favorite movie of his. So there's, <laughs> like, I just love yeah. this guy. You know, I, I, I love his movies. So, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just really excited to get to talk to him uh, about him again. Oh, yeah, it's very true. Like, yeah, I don't know why we've done Enemy, which is the other one you're alluding to. Hey, yeah. um, pop quiz. What episode did we record Enemy? Because it's way, way back. I know. I think I can maybe get close. Uh, I'm going to say 14. That's kind of what I was thinking in my head. I was thinking like 14 to 16, somewhere in there. It's actually yeah. 21. But okay, okay. Go back and check out that episode. Um, friend of the podcast, Dave, joins us for that episode. Great episode. You can see how bad our, our audio quality is way back then. It's horrendous, but uh, that's the same. Great. Same as any any podcast. But yeah, so it's it's been a while. Yeah. But we're we're ready to do another one. Yeah. The kids would say it's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a minute, or it's been a hot second. <laughs> right, right. These yeah. are terms I don't use because I'm not a kid. No. So no, I'm just going to go with it's been a while. 
Okay. And that is also true. It has been. Yeah. I mean, you're right, Dean. This is a couple of weird, like, Villeneuve choices like to break your way yeah. into his movies. I will defend our choices with his movies kind of tough to, like, break down and talk about. Yeah. I guess I'll get into it a little bit here. I watched Prisoners, one of his movies recently for the first time, was completely blown away. Uh, that that yeah, movie, like, movie. changed me forever. Um, it's a it's a tough movie to watch, but it will pull emotions out of you that rarely a movie will ever do. It's just, it's an incredible feat of filmmaking. So that got me on just the, the Denis train, and I've just been binging stuff. I watched uh, Sicario three times for the podcast, just for fun. Great. Yeah. Then I rewatched Blade Runner 2049, which is just one of my favorite movies. And as I was watching that movie, I was thinking, like, I don't know if we could bring this to the podcast, because how do you break down a movie like this? And what I got to was like, do you remember what we did with our um, Avengers episode where we just had yeah. a bunch of different like themes uh, like about the movie, like characters was yeah. one thing. And then like story was another and maybe yeah. action was another. And we just pulled things out of a hat. I feel like that's how you'd have to cover Blade Runner 2049 because it's so in-depth. It's so elaborate. Yeah. It's so beautiful. So I think possibly the hesitation with covering him is that his movies are, it's a lot to take on. There's there's yeah. There's a lot of substance there. And it's kind of scary <laughs> to like yeah, for sure. have to break down one of his movies and try to share it in a way with people that, you know, they can understand the story and, you know, we can do everything justice. So I think, I think yeah. what I'm trying to say here is it's out of fear that we, that we haven't done more. Right. It's pure <laughs> I'm just fear. Afraid. I'm a little scared of this, this episode. This will be fine. Like, I've, I watched it three times. Breaking this down. <laughs> I, I, we, we got this one, but I don't know. Okay, okay. I don't know where to go from here. Yeah, right, right. Um, I, I feel like we could maybe jump to Arrival, maybe. That might be the next step. Maybe. We did, Tim, we did do Dune, though, just uh, over, you know, over on Patreon. Um, Actually, kind of. Dune is on the main feed, I believe. I believe that was one. Oh, is it? It's okay, great. That was one re we released on both, so. Uh, but that was, that was uh, like a reaction. That was us coming yeah, back that from wasn't the a, theater. That wasn't, a, that wasn't a breakdown. That was just like, what did we think? It wasn't a breakdown, yeah what do we think of the movie? Which it was a gr great episode, but it, again, yeah. it's not like us sitting down and analyzing this movie and walking through it. So. Yeah. It's like, what were the chairs like when we were watching it? It was more, <laughs> it was more like that stuff. <laughs> How much ice did you put in your Coke? Yeah, exactly. I always yeah. put a lot. I held it for too long. Yeah. But I, I mean, I ordered uh, Dune on 4k, just uh, something that I hadn't done yet, but I was in this groove of Denis and I'm for like, sure. I don't own yeah. that. I should. So I, I yeah. ordered it. Now I've got that. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Well, I mean, the guy's up there as one of my favorite directors. I'll just like oh, me come too. out and say that. I f Easily. I find that he's able to create worlds that are so compelling that you truly feel swept away and taken to another place. Like yeah. for the two hours or the 2.5 hours that you're watching his movie, you feel like you're there. Along with that, I would say that few directors can elicit such high emotions from me out of a movie experience. Yeah. 
Uh, he's just a grandmaster at creating tension in film. Uh, yeah. Few, few can do tension the way he does it. Gripping. Yeah, the tension is really, that. that's really the key um, for me. It's just um, the tension that he can get also just out of like the performances he's getting. It's like the shots he chooses, the performance he's getting, just everything that everything he's constructing, the entire movie, the way it's being presented to us, he can just build that tension in such a great way. It just sucks me right in every time. It's what I really, really love. It's a, it, watching this movie, you know, again, for the podcast was just like that feeling, you know, you're brought back to that feeling. I'm like, Oh man, I haven't watched a Villeneuve movie in a while. And this, I'm just brought back to this feeling. I, I was like you, I was like, Oh man, I need to watch Blade Runner. I need to watch Dune. I need to watch prisoners. I need to watch them all again because I just need to have this feeling again. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, man. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like to touch on that a little bit, I think Samurai Jack is the best TV show that there's ever been because the creator Jendi Tartakovsky, uh, he masterfully combines all the elements that go into a show. So he places as much emphasis on the story as he does the animation, as he does the music, as he does the pacing, as he does everything that you could consider that would go into um, a show. They're all working together in unison to create a greater experience. And Denis is doing the exact same thing with his movies. He's using all of these elements, like the score, the cast, the cinematography, the story, to all work together to create something that's greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There was like a 10-second like clip, basically, that I was watching. Like I was just watching the movie, but my wife walked in and watched 10 seconds, and she was like, this is Villeneuve movie, right? I could just tell by those 10 seconds. And it's like everything that was happening, just the way it looked, the way it sounded, just everything that was going on. Yeah, he definitely has like a style uh, yeah. or a formula, if you will. Um, yeah, yeah. But right. he, he, like what I love about him is he jumps from like type of story to something completely different. Like no two of his movies are alike. He's just taking yeah. on completely new challenges every time but he comes through in his movies. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they all have different uh yeah, different stories to them. Some of them have different meanings, different messages, different um, you know, thing different um uh eye-opening moments, you know, that happen during the movie uh and it's just yeah, it's he can kind of tackle any genre even though he has his specific style. Yeah. Very cool. Now, the synopsis for this movie an idealistic FBI agent is enlisted by a government task force to aid in the escalating war against drugs at the border area between the U.S. and Mexico. I think that's good. That's a good synopsis. That's good. That's fine. Yeah, it's good. No problems. It's good for a synopsis because this movie is a lot about not knowing what's going on. Yeah. And so I think that's a pretty good synopsis of to get you into the movie. Yeah, that's what I like in a synopsis. I don't want something that gives anything away. I just want you to like capture my attention in one or two sentences and make me yeah. want to see more. So I think they did that. Exactly. Now, it was released in 2015 with a budget of $30 million. And the film goes on to make $85 million. So I think that's really good for a movie like this. I don't think you get a lot of marketing behind this movie. I had never heard of this movie 
uh, until Pat from your old podcast, Nothing But Comics, was raving about it. He used to always talk about Sicario, Sicario. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. And when I finally figured out what it was, uh, yeah, I checked it out. So, yeah. Yeah, he's uh he that, that this is his Villeneuve movie. He was always uh like this one more than sort of the other ones. Um Yeah, it's uh 85 is is good. I think that's really good. It would be it would have been nice for it to hit 100, but yeah, 85 is great for this type of movie. Directed as we mentioned by Denis Villeneuve, fellow Canadian boy. Yep. He did Polytechnic, which I really want to watch, but I'm at the moment I'm too scared to watch it. Okay. Uh, I just, man, it's going to be a tough one to sit through. I'll say that much. Yeah. Prisoners, he's done Enemy, Arrival, Blade Runner 2049, and Dune. We mentioned all this already. We got we got to all that yeah. already. Written by Taylor Sheridan, a very talented guy. Oh, yeah. He wrote Wind River and Hell or High Water, both excellent movies. He also created the shows Yellowstone and Mayor of Kingstown. He directs, writes, produces, and runs both of those shows. Yeah, he's incredible. He also um he also directed. I think he directed Those Who Wish Me Dead, um, which was a movie that came out like a couple years ago, and it, it didn't get like a lot of attention. And I think it's very good. I, I think it's a, just okay. a really solid movie. So people should check out Those Who Wish Me Dead. It's just like a it's kind of like a, a '90s thriller. You know, yeah. like there's not too much, not a lot of meat in it, and maybe that's why people didn't really, you know, catch on or, or latch on to it. But it is, it is just like a, a good time. Okay, good movie. He also acted on Walker, Texas Ranger, Star Trek Enterprise, CSI New York, Sons of Anarchy, Yellowstone, and more. So wow, dude, this guy's a, he does it all. He's a talent. He's a talent. Dude. Does everything. It's amazing. Yeah, for sure. Now I don't normally do this, Dean. You know this about me. But I've been wanting to cover Hell or High Water since the beginning, and it's just never come up. And yeah. I think this is going to be a good time to tack on Hell or High Water. So I'm going to go out there and say next week we will be covering Hell or High Water. If anybody wants to check that movie out ahead of time to follow along on the episode, here's your chance to do that. Uh, this is the truth, Dean, and you know this. We go week by week. Because yeah. we really only decide at the beginning of the week what we're going to cover, and then we have the week to watch it or read it or play it, and then we record the episode. So yeah. it's rare that we know ahead of time what we're going to do, but we do here, we do now, so I'm just going to share it. Yeah, that's Tim. That's awesome. This is the first I am hearing of what we are covering, because usually I hear later later on. I hear right at the beginning of the week. So this is the first I'm hearing of it, and... You know I'm excited. You know I love that movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna ride the Taylor Sheridan train for two weeks here. Cool. I like it. Cinematography by Roger Deakins. Arguably the best cinematographer going right now. Okay. Yeah. Sicario is the first movie we're covering that Deakins worked on. But talk about a loaded resume, dude. I'll just mention a few. Okay, this is a drop in the pond. Okay. Tell me if you've heard of <laughs> if you've heard of any of these. Okay. Shawshank okay, Redemption? No. Hey. Yeah. Fargo? I didn't think so. Yeah. Oh brother, where art thou? No. Heard How about it. No Country for Old Men? No. Oh, what yeah. about Skyfall? No. Mm, what about Prisoners? Movie. No. 
Have yes. you heard of Sicario, Dean? No? Oh, well, he was nominated for an Academy Award for all those movies. Yeah, that makes sense. Then he wins Academy Awards for Blade Runner 2049 and 1917, yeah. a couple movies you probably also haven't heard of. Right. Yeah, I, I actually, those two I've never heard of. Um, the other the other ones I had. <laughs> yeah. How about this guy? Uh, great. Wow. Absolutely amazing. Uh, and, you know, obviously, the thing that all those movies have in common is they look amazing. Yeah. Like, they actually look incredible. They are movies where you stop and you're like, wow, this is this looks so great. Um, yeah, awesome. Well, you sure know a lot about those movies for have, have never, having never have heard of them before. Yeah, I just knew they looked. I Tim, you heard I someone heard, told I heard you they, they looked, looked good. Yeah, yeah. Someone, my buddy, told me they looked good. Cool. So I brought that to the podcast today. Thanks, Dean. Much appreciated. <laughs> Music by Johan Johansson. He worked hey. on Prisoners. He worked on The Theory of Everything. He worked on Arrival. He worked on Mother. Do you ever wonder if you're supposed to pronounce it like that? Because it's got an, you it's got an exclamation are. point at the end of it. Yeah. You're definitely supposed to scream it. You did the right thing, Tim. I just, it's awkward. It's like, hey, I just saw a really great movie this weekend. Have you seen Mother? <laughs> because why are you screaming at me? It's just, yeah, I have to. It's, just, <laughs> it's what it's the called. The name of the movie. Yeah. I got to obey punctuation. Jeez. Yeah. He also did Blade Runner 2049 and Mandy. Okay, cool. And Johan received an Academy Award nomination for his score for Sicario. Nice. And Sicario was also nominated for Best Sound Editing. So a couple Academy Award nominations for this movie. This type of movie, that's wild. Did it not get picture? Did it not get a picture nomination? No. Arrival did. Okay. It was Arrival did. Arrival was the one right after this. And it, it, it got it got some praise, yeah. Okay. Now, for the cast, you have very powerful performances by Emily Blunt, Benicio Del Toro, Josh Brolin, and Daniel Kaluuya. Now, the movie starts, and we get an explanation on screen of what Sicario means, which was nice, because I have no fucking Mm -hmm. idea what this word means. And they tell us the word comes from the Zealots of Jerusalem, killers who hunted the Romans who invaded their homeland. In Mexico, Sicario means hitman. Uh, that sounds good to me. Yeah, that's all. That's all you need to know. I am actually not a huge fan of uh, words before a movie. I, I don't really like it. I think that it's usually confusing and it usually loses me right away. Uh, this is nice and short and sweet and told me one thing. You know, it just t- basically yeah. just told me one thing and I learned it and I was like, okay, I'm good to go because I I, I learned the one thing I was supposed to in three sentences. Yeah, and if you don't want to share this information right now, that's fine, but you better share it through the movie so we, you know, figure it out or understand it. But I prefer it right here. I I prefer just getting it out of the way quickly. Uh, Yeah. This is where it works. Yeah. This, and and it's, it's kind of, it works here and it doesn't really reveal itself till later, you know? So that's, that's why it really works. I think at the beginning, because it's one of those things where you kind of forget about it as you get like dragged into the movie you don't really think why is this called Sicario, but then you kind of get to it by the end of it. So it's it's uh it, I think it yeah I think it's perfect at the beginning here. Yeah. Now Sicario was a movie I knew nothing about, and I was fully invested after the opening sequence. That's what that's oh, yeah. what this movie does for you. The very first thing that hit me in the movie was the bass, 
the the sound is just pumping like a heartbeat pumping it's very intense We see a group of FBI agents, including Kate, played by Emily Blunt, and Reggie, played by Daniel Kaluuya. They move in on a gang house in Arizona. They drive their armored SUV right through the wall or right through the front door yeah. or something. That was awesome. That's, that was how awesome you, that's how you get into a house. Yeah. But there's only one guy inside. They're expecting like a big drug bust or something like that. Um, or, or, or no, they were looking for I hostages. A hostage situation. They're looking for a yeah. bunch of hostages. Um, there's one guy in there and he shoots at them and misses, but he blows a small hole in the wall and the FBI noticed something inside the wall. So they start peeling the wall back. We see a bunch of the agents now outside puking and we see inside that the walls of the house are lined with dead bodies and they haven't checked the full house yet, but they've already found 35 of them. Yeah. Uh, it's fucked. It was sh- it's shocking, dude. Shocking. It's super shocking. You think they're going to find maybe like when they're staring in the Two? walls, they're going to find drugs in the wall. Or, 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 or like, like a couple dead bodies. Yeah. First, you think yeah. drugs for sure. I completely agree with yeah. you. I thought there, there were going to be drugs in the wall. Nope. Not quite. It's a body. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a lot of bodies. A lot. Yeah. We're told the house is owned by Emmanuel Diaz. Then a couple men are searching outside uh, in a shed, and they trip a bomb, and that bomb kills several agents. And it yeah. was a very strong blast. Like, you could feel that thing coming through your TV. Yeah. Kate sees a guy all messed up from the bomb. He's crawling towards her. Then she looks down and sees a, a hand that's been blown off on the ground. Right. And yeah. that's your intro. Yeah, great, great intro. Right away, you can tell the casting is, uh, you know, it's perfect. I, I right away am really locked into Emily Blunt and Daniel Kaluuya. I forgot Kaluuya was in this movie. Yeah, uh, he is so incredible. He has such a great face. Like he gives such good like facial reactions, and that's his job in this first scene is because he's the one who first sees in the hole. So he's just staring into the hole doing the side-eyed thing that he does so well. And you just like know there's something messed up in there without seeing it first. So you know he's like locked in already. I'm so happy he's in the movie. And then for for uh, Emily Blunt, like the one sort of shooting part of this is with her. And she walks into a room. She gets shot at. And she just kind of falls to the ground, does like a, a precise shot to get the guy. And then holds her gun on him, just waiting and waiting and waiting for him to get up. You know, you can tell she's still like kind of spooked a little bit in the zone, like making sure that he doesn't get up anymore. And then, you know, she kind of gets up and carries on and you're just like, okay, she's very competent. You know, she was, she was spooked by that right away and was able to just kind of fall to the ground and make the shot still. So right away you're like, okay, great. I love these two right off the bat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Emily Blunt is just, oh man, she's so good in this movie. Unbelievable. Yeah. 
So we see a group of FBI higher-ups, including Matt, played by Josh Brolin, talking about Kate and how bad, um, like how badass of an agent she is. Yeah. They bring Kate into the meeting and ask her a few questions about this Manuel Diaz. And she says, this is not her expertise. She works in kidnap response, but they like her and they want her to be an advisor on a special task force that's going after the Diaz brothers. And Kate asks what they're planning to do. And Matt says, dramatically overreact. Right. Now, Matt has some great lines throughout this movie. This yeah. is one of them. I love this idea because they've just uncovered this house with all these bodies, but they can't really do anything with it. Like, they're not going to catch anybody. They can't really pin it to yeah. anybody. So what he wants to do is, like, counter them finding it with an overreaction. He's going to go do something right. that, that like looks very, very not bad, but it's going to, it's going to get the, uh, the bad guy's attention, right? That's what he means by yeah. we're going to dramatically overreact. We're going to go do something that seems so yeah. over the top that they can't help but notice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That they can, exactly. That they can't help but notice and make them do something, you know, it's like overreacts so that they have to do something about it. Um, yeah. Brolin is, uh, also incredible, incredible in this role. This is a guy who is basically a huge asshole. Um, you know, kind, but, but he's like, so charismatic. Yeah, you, lo that, you, like, love him. you love, you love, you love him. You love him on the screen. You love watching him on the screen. You want him in every scene but he's like not the good guy in the movie. Um, but he's just so perfect. Like Brolin's so perfect at playing that. He's so perfect at just absolutely nailing it. Yeah. I, I get that. He's not the good guy, but that's also how you, how you want to look at the movie. Um, Whoa, know. definitely. But I do think the movie is definitely telling us that he is not the good guy. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in, in the small story of the movie, he's not the good guy, but I think in the big picture of the movie, I mean, he's, you know, he's not, I don't know. He's not the bad guy. He's not the bad guy. I, I think this movie says there's a lot of bad guys out there. Yeah, I, I could see that. But I think what, it, we, I think we, what we it, can get to, I it, think but, what it says yeah. is that there's levels. There's levels. Okay. Yeah. But I definitely yeah, agree sure. that. Yeah. 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 I agree with you. Kate is like, Kate is our hero. And here's why. Yeah. And we'll get into it a little bit, but it's because she is us. She's the audience. Exactly. The way that they shoot She's this movie. Yeah. We learn everything as Kate learns it. She's our information yeah. flow to everything that's going on in the movie, so we are her. Yeah, that's why I think the 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 morality of the movie has to be tied to her character and her decisions. For sure, because we are her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kate has to volunteer if she wants to take this position, and she says, "Is this going to catch the people that did what happened yesterday?" And he's like, "Yep, that's who we're going after." So she volunteers to be a part of this. Kate gets on a plane with Matt, and we meet Alejandro, played by Benicio Del Toro. I just noticed, I'll just call out to it, as they're in the plane, really, really cool camera shot. It's just of the land below. It's like if the camera was stuck to the bottom of the plane, and you're just watching the land go past. It's not even flying yeah. that high. It's kind of low. Uh, it almost looked like just like random B-roll that they included just to make you feel like the plane was moving but on one of the viewings i noticed you could make out the shadow of the airplane it's very yeah. very very tiny and off to the side but just a really really cool camera shot um 
that I just I really liked it for some reason. Yeah, I agree. It stood out to me as well. I, I loved seeing that shadow for some reason. <laughs> it's just it's just cool to see. So Alejandro wakes up from a nightmare on the plane. I love how they did this. I love how they let us know that it's a nightmare. So I, I'm I'm saying it's a nightmare. They didn't they don't tell us anything about it. He just kind of wakes up. But I'm telling you it's a nightmare, and here's why. It's because as he's sleeping and the camera's on him, the sound is very high-pitched and, and uncomfortable. Um, and then you very, very faintly, very, very quickly start to hear a child scream before he jumps up awake. It's something that could easily be missed because it's so subtle. Yeah. But if you're kind of cued into the moment... He's having a nightmare. And I love that for yeah. his character. I love that they put that in at the beginning here, like the first time you meet him. Really, really good filmmaking to do that. Yeah, definitely. Because he's uh, he's not giving us anything about him. You know, Emily Blunt is asking him questions, uh, you know, to try to figure out what this mission is about. She knows nothing. She doesn't even know where they're going. And he's just not giving anything. So you get this small character beat with him of having a nightmare and waking up and still not telling her anything, but you get this small thing that he was having this nightmare on the plane. Yeah, you're right. Like Kate knows nothing about what's going on, right? She's, no. she's walked onto a private jet with Matt and Alejandro. Yeah. Like this isn't what she's used to. She's an agent. No. They like drive around in cars. She's like, when she's getting on, she's like, we're taking this. And Matt was like, oh, yeah, nothing but the best for you. You know, it's like, yeah, who is this guy? How does he have a private jet to fly them around in? Exactly. And he just like lies down on a couch that's back there and like goes to yeah. sleep. Like still just not telling her anything, no. not helping out at all. Yeah. So Kate's talking to Alejandro and she says, so you're the expert on the Mexico cartel. And she asks if there's anything she should know. And he has a great response. He says, oh, you're asking me how a watch works. For now, let's just keep an eye on the time. Right. What a killer line, man. It's killer. It's great. Yep. <laughs> I love that line. Just shuts her down. You may as well just yeah. be saying like, I mean, oh, um, shut the fuck up leave me alone. Yeah. I don't want to talk to you. I have nothing to say to you. But at the same time, it's just like a really elegant and truthful way of doing it. It's like, I'm not telling yeah. you, I'm not talking to you about that. Yeah. Let's just, let's just keep an eye on the time. And her reaction to it is also just perfect. Like she's, she's very upset with the situation. Like you can kind of see, she kind of like almost rolls her eyes at it. You know, she's just like, Oh, like I can't get anything out of anybody here. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. So we're off to a briefing at an army base with some U.S. Marshals and Delta Force, Dean. We now know Delta Force are badasses. We uh, yep. talked about that on one of our wrap-up episodes. Right. Now, there's probably 25 or 30 men in this room. So it's a big team. That's a, that's a, it's that's a, a big it, op. Yeah. The Another thing I wasn't, you know, you're not quite expecting because you just get on a plane with these three and then they walk into a room with just like, a lot of personnel. Um, so yeah, okay. Okay, it's a big team ready to do something. And they kind of come in like halfway through the meeting. Yeah. It's just another <laughs> weird thing. You know, it's just to keep us like not knowing what's going on and keep Emily Blunt not knowing what's going on. They just walk into this meeting halfway through. Yeah, I mean, uh, it also shows you like how much of a badass Matt is just to like come into the op halfway through or near the end. And the, the guy running the op, he's even like, oh, and look who's joined us. You know, like this is, yeah. he's like the guy, the guy, the man of the hour or something. And like, yeah. he's at, yeah. like, he's going to be joining us on this mission. So they're really like playing Matt up as someone who is very, very high up in some sort of an organization. Definitely. 
Now they're talking about this op, but they don't describe any of the particulars, which I liked because now we get to live it as it happens. Uh, Alejandro tells Kate he used to work as a lawyer in Mexico, but he just came back from Colombia and nothing they do will make sense. She won't understand, but in the end it will make sense. Now it really feels here like Kate and Alejandro are bonding so far in the movie. It feels a bit like a father daughter vibe going on. Uh, and that like, he might look out for her. He might have her like, you know, in the corner of his eye. And she's very uneasy about what's actually going on because she doesn't know who she can trust. She doesn't know if she can trust anybody, but she really wants like to get these men. So she just kind of like continues to go along with it. Yeah. I I think, um, I think from her point of view, uh, like what they, she just came from a very dangerous, you know, situation. She knows they're probably going to go into something like that if they're planning on, you know, getting people back. You know, that's that's going to be a dangerous situation. And she wants to know, like, what the, you know, what the plan is. <laughs> you know, what's the plan? What are the rules? What are we doing? Like, you know, she just doesn't know anything. So, yeah, she's very, she's very uneasy about this situation. And you can just clearly tell um, that she's asking questions all along the way and just not getting any answers. Who even are you? She doesn't even know who they work for. Yeah. And they won't no. tell her. And she, she's like, she tells Matt, she's like, I'm not going to follow orders from Alejandro. I don't even know who he is. Yeah. Right. But she just has to kind of like play along because she wants to catch these yeah. men who've done these terrible things. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. interesting. And dynamic. just like, oh, yeah. And, and Matt's just like, oh, Alejandro, he's just a consultant to the DOD, just like me, just consultants. And it's like, what? You're bullshitting for sure. You're not just he, like a consultant. Because like you said, in the meeting, they're like, here's the man of the hour. You're not just a consultant for the DOD. Mm. Like, you're somebody. Yeah. So the score really picks up as they start this op. It is such an ominous sound. It, it's incredible. Like, all I can do to describe yeah. it is it reminds me of like the coming of Godzilla or Thanos, something epic like that. Like yeah, your your, do- your sure. doom is heading towards you. That's yep. what's happening. Yep. Yeah, the doom. It's so ominous. It just uh, yeah, it's, it's such an une- uneasy feeling. Yeah. So my tension for this op is just so high. Uh, yeah. As this team heads into Mexico. Dean, what did you think of this op? The op is, uh, yeah, the ops, uh, since the tension's so high, um, the op is very exciting because you're very nervous. You don't really know what's going on. Um, you kind of get to, there's different stages of it. You know, there's stages where they first cross the border into Mexico and they get joined by, you know, some, some Mexican police as well. Um, joining the op you know cars beside them guys just in back the back of like pickups you know (laughs) they're just like machine guns hanging out in the back with machine guns yeah just hanging out in the back of pickups with machine guns i mean they're like police vehicles but it's like it's very different seeing them just kind of hanging on the side of a of of a truck instead of in like an suv and uh yeah they're just they're traveling along they start adding to the group uh you're seeing you know dangerous stuff dangerous neighborhoods and I, I just like you don't really know what's going on. So I'm just very nervous that anything could happen at any point in time. And then you get sort of that Alejandro fatherly figure type thing going on where he's kind of 
helping helping her out you know he's giving her giving her tips like oh keep your keep your eyes out for this you know oh don't worry nothing's gonna happen here something's gonna happen we get back to the border you know so like that that whole thing is just it's such a it's such a perfectly crafted sequence from start to end um building up the tension until there's sort of a release at the end of the tension which you know sort of it kind of ends in a gunfight where um you know emily blunt's character doesn't even know why they're shooting and is very upset that she has to shoot. And I just like, I love this. I love that she's pissed off. She has to shoot somebody because she doesn't even know the reason why. Um, so it's just, it's just such a perfect sequence for me. Yeah. Yeah. Same. It was so intense. They, they come into Mexico, like they cross the American border. They're in an entourage of five blacked out SUVs and we get to watch them cruising on the freeway. And I don't know what it is, but it, there was something really fun about just watching these five SUVs like in action. It's it's full of like special op dudes, right? They cruise yeah. through the U.S. border. They they barely slow down. I love that. Yeah, I love that. They're so powerful. They barely slow down for the border. The bo- they either just flash something as they were driving past, or the border probably more likely already knew they were coming. Then they cross the Mexican border just as easily and then they're into mexico and they're cruising the streets yeah the federale join up like maybe eight federale trucks so now you've got this entourage of like 13 vehicles cruising through mexico they get to a building they like grab they pull some guy out of a building his face is covered he gets in and now they need to escape back to america they get past the mexican border right before the u.s border there's like a, a car stalls there's a big jam and they basically say like anybody in any car could be a gang member, so you got to watch out. Yeah. And they target two cars. They see them. They're like gang member, you know, ten o'clock red sedan gang members. Then like you know three o'clock green green car gang members. And yeah, like to add to the tension, they're like, can we engage? And since they're in Mexico, the leaders like you know, the rules are you can't engage unless they engage first. So you've got these guys who are just sitting there. They know there's eight gang members with guns. They can see them holding guns, but they can't do anything basically until the other guys attack. So it's, yeah, it's just, there's so much tension going on. Um, They end up like, yeah, hosing them down. You know, these other guys have like handguns and the, the special ops come in and just wipe them out. And then, yeah, Kate has to kill someone and she's super pissed off. So once they all do get back to the U S Kate like runs up to Matt and she's screaming at him, telling him what they just did was illegal. And again, asking like, what was she doing there? To to which he says she was there so they can shake a tree and stir things up. So it's like always answering her in metaphors. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, and that's like not a reason why she's there. She's like, why am I here? I didn't do any shaking. I didn't do anything. Why am I here? Yeah. So, Really great scene. Uh, it just continues to like escalate the tension of the movie. It just keeps going. It keeps building all the way until yeah. the end. It never stops. Yeah. And I just, I, yeah, I love, uh, I love Emily Blunt in this whole scene. Just her like showing um, how concerned she is with what's going on. Um, they're in Mexico. You know, they're not supposed to be doing this. They're on a highway and just shooting people in cars. Yeah. Like, stray bullets could have done anything you know it's just like 
it's just this you watch it and you're just like is this okay like is this what you're allowed to do and she's very you know distressed by it so it seems like no it seems like this is not what just happens all the time and so i liked that i like that there's that part to it you know in in just an action movie this is just happening but in this movie our you know our uh uh, the, the audience surrogate who who she is sitting in the seat is just like freaking out about it. We're sort of like, okay, we know that this is maybe not, not above board. This is not, you know, everything's not great about this. Yeah. She's the conscious and we're the, we're the conscious yeah. as well. We're like, wait, you can yeah. you just, you can't just go around killing people. You can't just go around killing people. You can't just gun down a car of people. Yeah. You, just because I got guns. You can't do that. Then get back into your car and then drive back to the U S you just and drive can't away. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. Just can't go around killing people. Well, Alejandro learns there might be a secret tunnel from Arizona into Mexico. And that is of great interest to him. So they go to a place where a bunch of illegal Mexican immigrants are about to be deported. And Alejandro starts asking them some questions. Kate has no idea what's going on, why they're there. Uh, Her partner, Reggie, is with them again now. And he wants some answers, Dean. He's had enough. So he calls Matt and Alejandro over. This was really funny for me. I just, I find so much humor in this part because Reggie's character feels so incredibly small in rank compared to Matt and Alejandro. But Reggie says he wants to know the objective or he's going to walk. And Matt says, that's fine. You weren't invited. Like he's he's only there because he's uh, Kate's partner. But they didn't want him. Yeah, they wanted but, Kate. So he's like, okay, yeah. see you later. But then uh, then Kate says she'll walk too. Matt smiles and he calls them fucking lawyers, then tells them about the tunnel and says they're talking to immigrants from that area about places they would avoid so that they could find this tunnel. So I thought that was cool. Like, where were you? Yeah. Where would you not go because it was so dangerous? Yeah. And that's probably where this tunnel is. Yeah, I thought that was a really cool cool way to find it. Uh, you know, I thought they were talking to them because they were going to go in the tunnel that they went through. Um, but no, it's kind of different. It's like, okay, if you went through this area, then we don't need to go there because that's not the dangerous spot. That's not the spot we want to go through. I, did, I really like this confrontation too. And it's because like they didn't want Reggie to begin with. Um, so he's like out. They didn't even let him through the door like right uh, at the beginning. But Kate requested him because she doesn't know what's going on. So she's like, I'm bringing Reggie on. And so they bring Reggie on and then, yeah, he says he's going to walk. They're like, we don't care. She says she's going to walk and they now give them inf- give them information. So something's going on, right? Obviously they need her yep. for some reason. She hasn't done anything yet. No. She hasn't like contributed. She doesn't even know what's going on. They won't tell her anything, but they need her for some reason because she just said she was going to walk and they were like, okay, I guess we have to give them information. Exactly. It's really cool. Like there's a real, yeah, really interesting like power dynamic where Matt and Alejandro yeah. are clearly levels above. Yeah. Kate's kind of the noob, but there's something they need with her. There's something that ne- they need out of her for this op and her like even saying she'll walk is enough for them to just give up what's going on. And Matt yeah. went on to say that, they're going to make enough noise that Manuel Diaz gets called back to Mexico to see his boss, Fausto Alarcón. Then Alejandro steps in and says, every day in Mexico, people are kidnapped or killed by his hand or with his blessing. To find him would be like discovering a vaccine. You understand the value of that. And Reggie says, 
okay, we're good. Yeah, he's like, we're cool. So it's we're like, good. oh, yeah. It's fine. Okay. Is that enough for you, Reggie? You got enough information now? Shut up. Shut your mouth. I love Reggie. He's great, though. Yeah, but Reggie, shut he's up. Great. <laughs> it's not about you, dude. No, Reggie. Keep asking your questions, Reggie. They're valid. Keep asking them. Uh, yeah, fine. That's a valid question. But also, what's he doing there? He wasn't Kate invited. Needs her partner. Kate wants her partner there. Um, yeah, interesting. I don't even know if you need him in this movie. I liked him in the movie. If he's gone, I don't know how this movie changes. Um, I yeah, I think there's a few subtle things where uh, Kate might start to uh, change her mind about what's about her, like her own morals start to bend a bit, and I think he snaps her back a couple times. That could have been anybody. So could it could have just been her? Well, like, I guess yeah, speaking her mind to like any random person, but. Uh, I don't know. I, I did like him, though. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So with the help of the immigrants, they find this secret tunnel on a map. Then Matt further messes with Manuel Diaz by, as he says it, fucking with his wallet. So what they do is they grabbed one of um, Diaz's money launderers after she made a deposit into his account. So they get the receipt. They see his account number. They're able to seize $17.5 million from him. And Kate wants to use this to prosecute Diaz, but Matt tells her it won't work. Matt says he'll get the money back in a few months. This isn't a case that they'll be able to prosecute, and this is only a play to get him to go back to Mexico now. So Kate goes to her boss to complain about this. She's, she's had enough, wants to, yeah. wants to complain about Matt, how he's running things. You know, he's doing things that are illegal. They should just prosecute this guy with, with this information that they have. And her boss has a great line. He says, people like so Matt good. come in, they stir the pot, and they get the criminals to make mistakes. That's how they catch them, when they slip up. He also says, "Yeah, this isn't something that I dreamed up myself. I don't have the authority to hire advisors or authorize joint agency missions or fly agents from Air Force bases. Are you understanding me? These decisions are made far from here by officials elected to office, not appointed to them. So if your fear is operating out of bounds, I am telling you, you are not. The boundary has been moved. Yeah, it's great. I think it's really important, too, for the movie. Just like her boss, she goes to complain to her boss and he's like, hey, you think I'm making these decisions? Someone else is. You know, there's this long line. There's this long chain of everyone's just doing what the person above them tells them to do, you know? So then it just keeps cycling down. And uh, yeah, it's just great. This whole meeting is, uh, is excellent. I like it because it shuts down um, like her idea of what's going wrong and why they shouldn't be doing this. Like she's worried about following rules. She keeps saying, this is illegal. We can't do yeah. this. We shouldn't be doing this. And then he basically says, look, there are no rules here. Whatever yeah. they want to do, they are allowed to do. I think this is an interesting point to now realize that they could be doing almost anything. Yeah. Yeah, they're telling us what's going on, but there's a good chance that this is not what's going on. And who knows what's going on, in fact? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a good chance that it's not what's going on. Something else could be going on. Something maybe, yeah, just something we can't even think of because, you know, we weren't thinking of maybe illegal stuff or whatever before. Um, and it's really great for Kate, who has been 
who plays by the rules, has wanted to know the rules in every situation, and now is being told by her boss there are no rules. So now it turns into morality for her. You know, So now it's not like, oh, I just have to follow the rules and that's how I know I'm doing the right thing. Now it's like, what do I actually think is the right thing? Can I adjust my thinking to going into these situations and being like, okay, there's no rules. Let's do it. That's a good point too, yeah. Her, her morality coming into play. Yeah. Now, I don't think we need to dig into this part too much, but we'll get into it a little bit. And that's where Kate almost gets killed because she wanted to go into the bank and collect information. Matt said, don't go into the bank, but she did anyways. And her face got captured on camera and seen by the bank manager, who's obviously in on like what's going on. He knows about the money. He's not naive to that. So they like send someone after her. They send a member of the Phoenix PD uh, who's on the payroll and he's sent in to kill her, but Alejandro is able to save her. So I will call out to it just because I think it's an important point for her character that her character continues to be beaten down physically and mentally for this cause that she's not even sure about. And I also like that Alejandro had to save her. But anything you wanted to say about that whole like part of the movie? Yeah, I would just add that uh, she's been teased a bit, um, you know, by Reggie that she, you know, hasn't had a boyfriend or been on a date in in a long time. And so this was her first time sort of opening up in the movie. She got a little drunk. She was dancing with with John Bernthal, who wouldn't. And uh, she just kind of let her guard down for, you know, five minutes in this movie and that's when she gets almost killed so uh you know it's not going to happen anymore in the movie she's just going to be strictly focused on the mission she's not even going to let herself you know uh have a night you know just a night to off so um i thought that that was that was kind of key also in the in in that scene so manuel diaz has now been called back to mexico And Matt's team has pulled satellite footage of the tunnel location. Matt and the team are ready to move in. And he says he doesn't need Kate. She says she's going. And Matt says fine, but she'll hang back when they get there. She asks, why is she going then? And Matt breaks it to her here. He says, the CIA can't operate within U.S. borders without a domestic agency attached. So he's denied to her that he's CIA. Now he's coming out and saying he is CIA. And he needs her, like, kidnap response agency attached to the mission so that they can pull this op. So she's only there for logistic purposes. Yeah. She's being used. She's being used. Um, Yeah, she's a... Is she FBI or DEA? I believe she's DEA because he makes some comment. He's DEA, like, okay. if we find drugs, if we find right? any drugs yeah. there, you guys can bust them. <laughs> yeah, you guys can take you can them, have them. Great. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's the only reason she's there. They have to be attached. So she's part of the team and she volunteered for the team, right? So she is volu- voluntarily on the team and so they're just allowed to operate and do whatever they want. Um, also, why they weren't telling her anything about it because they didn't want to. They wanted to do whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. Reggie steps up and says they should just walk. But Kate says she needs to know what she's being used for. So she suits up to join the team. We see Diaz on the move in his car. We see him cross the border back into Mexico. 
We see Matt's team arrive at the tunnel. And my excitement and anticipation at this moment was way past what most movies can do for me. I will just never forget seeing this tunnel sequence the first time. My mind was blown just how gorgeous it looked, how exciting it was, just what it was like to experience. I just can't believe how well they've set up this tunnel. We don't know anything about this tunnel other than it's a tunnel. Who yeah. who cares? Why is this tunnel such a big deal? We don't know, but I'm almost as excited as I've ever been in a movie to get to this tunnel and see what happens. For sure. For me, it's uneasy, Like, which is totally. kind of tied to intensity and excitement, the same kind of thing. It's like why I love watching horror movies. It's that uneasiness. So it, that's, it's so high going into this going into this tunnel, maybe because we don't know anything about it. I don't know what it's going to look like. And then when I see it, it's like, well, that's not what I thought, but also it makes me feel even more uneasy just actually seeing it and going through it. It's, uh, yeah, it, this this movie's crafted in such a, such a smart way that we just get up to this point that we have never seen. We have no idea what it looks like. No one's even described it to us. And we have this tension built so high. Um, yeah, I was almost like creeped out by the tunnel, which is so weird. Like there's no reason for me to be and I was, it was just such a good build up to that moment. Well, I think the creep out definitely has to do with the score. I think the score is what's doing yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The score and the cinematography in this scene are just what's driving it. It's just some of the best parts of the movie. Um, like as, as great as the acting is and as great as the story is, I really think the heroes of the film are the cinematography and the sound. Yeah, I mean, they get us into the same mood as Kate. Like, Kate yeah. going through that tunnel is what I felt like going through that tunnel, and it's because of that score, and it's because of that, what I was seeing on the screen, that cinematography. Yeah. So Matt's team moves in on the tunnel as the sun is setting. Beautiful shot of the orange and blue horizon. Gorgeous. Yeah. It's very tense. It felt very real. Like, I, it was believable, and I felt like I was there. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Terribly menacing music. The camera's cutting from green night vision to white night vision. Then there's no night vision at all. It's just dark. Also, they're giving us satellite imagery from the area overhead, like real time. Just It's just so cool, so well put together. Yeah. The lead guy goes into the tunnel. He kills two guys off screen with a knife. The rest of the team goes in and splits up because there's multiple paths. You start hearing gunfire in the distance. Then you see some of the men in a shootout. Still have no idea what's going on. Kate kind of brings up the rear with Reggie. Her gun gets shot out of her hand. We see Alejandro make his way out of the tunnel into like a hangar or a warehouse or something. That's what's on the other side. Yeah. He sees a cop unloading drugs from his trunk. Kate comes out right behind him, pulls her gun on Alejandro, and tells him to step away from the cop. Alejandro shoots her in her vest and tells her to get back in the tunnel. Alejandro gets in the backseat of the cop car and tells the cop to drive. Alejandro radios that he's through, and they tell him the target is further up ahead. Now, Dean, just before we get to the next part, anything else you want to say about the whole tunnel sequence? 
yeah, just wanted to say that like at the end here, when we get to sort of the the hangar um, and we get Alejandro shooting Kate, it's just a huge shocker, you know, for me, because he has been that lookout for her. Um, you, He saved her life, you know, and he's giving her pointers. You get this weird vibe off of him, but you also get this vibe that he is looking out for. And then he shoots her and says like, get up, get back into the tunnel. Like he knows she, she's wearing body armor, yeah. but he says, you know, get up, get back in the tunnel, get out of here. So it's just a very shocking moment. Um, yeah. So I, the whole tunnel just sort of kind of ending at that, ending at that shocking moments. Just, yeah. The, the icing on the cake. That's, that's true. Yeah. That is a good point to call out to Um, yeah. He said like, don't ever pull a gun on me again and get back in the tunnel. Yeah. And yeah. she was cl- clearly hurt by that shot. Like she's not in like any mortal danger or anything, but she was like, it hit her oh, hard. She's very hurt. She yeah. may have wanted to like pursue, but there's no- nothing yeah. she could do. So she did head back into the tunnel. Yeah. Like very slowly, like uh, hunched yeah. over. Like it, yeah, in definitely, pain. it definitely hit her hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Body armor doesn't just stop it and she's all no. good. No. So Alejandro, he's in the cop car. He asks the cop if he has a family and he says he does. He has a wife and son. Then we see the team come out of the tunnel. Uh, at the entrance, like where they went in, they come out. Kate walks over and punches Matt. He grabs her and tells her that she went up the wrong tunnel and saw things she shouldn't have seen. He says they're working to restore order to the drug cartel in Mexico, working at being able to control it, not stop it because that's not possible, but at least control it in as best a way as possible. He says, Alejandro is a free agent for anyone who will point him towards the people who made him. Anyone who will turn him loose so he can get the person that cut off his wife's head and threw his daughter in a vat of acid. Yeah, that's what we're dealing with. Jeez. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I I had a little... Let me get your opinion on it because I had a little confusion about this. Okay. Is he all? Is he also working for the Colombian cartel or not at all? He was working for the Colombian cartel. That's okay. who paid him before this to do whatever they wanted him to do. Okay. Now the U.S. government hired him, and he's doing whatever the U.S. government wants him to do. He's a gotcha. free agent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, he's a, yeah. Okay. So he was a hitman, probably hired from the colombian cartel but now he's hired by the cia i gotcha yeah that's clear kate says he can't do this and she's gonna talk matt says no you're not (laughs) she says she's gonna tell everyone what he did and he says that would be a major mistake (laughs) dude i really like i love that she's just saying it i love she's just saying it to his face she's like i'm telling everyone no you're not yeah i am i'm gonna do it (laughs) I love that she's saying I it. I am too. And he's like yeah. confidently saying, you're not. Like, you will don't not. worry, you won't. Yeah. And that is so fucking cool in this movie. He's wearing flip-flops for oh, yeah. uh, like half of it too, I think. He just doesn't give two shits yeah. about anything. So good. But Alejandro, with the cop, pull up on Manuel Diaz's car. Thanks to the satellite uh, surveillance, they point him to where that is. Alejandro tells the cop to pull over, so he does. This cop is shitting himself, too, because this cop knows what's going on. The the cop's been, he runs drugs, right? He knows who's in this car. (laughs) He knows this is like, this is his boss, one of his bosses. Alejandro 
tells the cop to tell Diaz to get out. And Diaz does. Then Alejandro tells the cop to get out and walk over to Diaz. So the cop gets out, walks over. Diaz says, what do you want? Then Alejandro shoots the cop in the head, killing him and Diaz in the leg. Now, we haven't gotten into this at all yet. I thought I'd save it for the end here, but this is an extremely sad moment in the movie because they have previously throughout the movie built up this cop and his family. We've seen multiple scenes of this cop with his son, um, with the wife at the house. The wife always seemed a bit sketched out, like she knew what he was doing and it worried her. And the son, just like this maybe... I don't know, 10-year-old boy just looks up to his dad so much. You know, all yeah. he wants to do is spend time with his dad. He, like, brings him eggs one morning just the way his dad likes them, um, you know, and then gives them to his dad and then asks if his dad has to work that day. And his dad says, I work in the evening. And he says, then would you play soccer with me? You know, mm -hmm. it's just, it's these heartwarming moments of these two throughout the movie and then to get to this point here where Alejandro just shoots him in cold blood, it was an interesting view of how what Matt and how Alejandro were doing was so wrong. It was just so very wrong. Yeah. And and the people that they were negatively affecting because of it. Um and, and not to say that this, you know, this police officer who's running drugs is doing the right thing, right? But this was his life in Mexico. This is what he was able to do to provide for his family. They had a very modest house. Like it was a very, it was a shack basically. Like he's doing this to stay alive. This is all he can do yeah. to stay alive. And in that moment, Alejandro just shoots him dead. And it was one of, I thought the, the more impactful moments in this movie, it was like this, this yeah. bit of heart that I wasn't expecting. I didn't know why they kept showing us this guy and his family until, you know, we're at the tunnel and this guy's unloading drugs from the car. And then Alejandro takes him, uh, you know, takes him captive but man there was just something about it that really kind of like shook me when it happened yeah for sure i think it's so crucial um so crucial for the movie to kind of tie together everything that was sort of running on in my head of what i was seeing um just starting off with that with that cop the first time we see him he just kind of you know rolls out of bed and you know pours himself a glass of uh, alcohol yeah. like adds some sort of hard alcohol to yeah. his coffee like you know his day is hard yeah. you know he rolled out of bed and started with that so it's like he's stressed out already just to go to work you know so something something's up with this guy and all we see is these little small things with his life so we know something's going to happen you know something's going to happen down the line with this guy and you see that he's sort of yeah he's a drug runner he's delivering drugs at that at that hangar and um you don't know how he got into it. You don't know how he started. You don't know what like path took him there. You know, he, he like you said, he's in a very modest house. Maybe he had to, you know, maybe there's, there's just something that led him there. And that's just what he had to do with his life. That's his life. And I think it just, this guy getting shot in the back of the head for Alejandro to carry on with whatever he wants to do just shows us that like, there's, everybody's got like on both sides, they got, they got their bosses. Their bosses are telling them what to do. However, they got in their situation. There's someone ahead of them giving them orders. And there's body counts on both sides. Yeah. You know, it's like the life is, uh, you know, not significant to either side. 
they will do what they have to do to get the job done. And that just the body count sort of rack up on both sides. And I just think that that was, yeah, that was sort of the, the powerful moment to show us, you know, we've seen lots of people die in the movie, but this guy, we were with him, you know, we were with his life and then he dies at the end. And so like, oh, now you start thinking about all those other people that died in the movie. And it's like, what were, what were their stories too? You know, how did they get into it? Um, were they just born in the wrong place? You know, stuff like that. So uh, it's, uh, yeah, I think it just really hammers home uh, what the movie is going for. Yeah, but like a lot of um, deaths so far in the movie, this kind of like put a face to it and made it made it real, made it like made it hurt, made it feel like why are why are these people dying? Um, yeah, and that's great. That's great stuff in a movie, you know, to make me care about oh, that yeah. type of stuff. Um, I think it's really good. That's what I want out of a movie. I want to feel, I want to feel that like what what we're watching matters. You know, I want to feel that. Yeah. You know, if someone gets killed, it you know, it hurts sometimes. So that's, uh, that's what this moment was great for. Yeah. So Alejandro grabs Diaz, puts him back in his car. Uh, Alejandro gets in the back seat and tells him to take him to his boss. So he does. We see Diaz pull up in the car to a gate. Three men approach the car and they find Diaz bleeding from his neck. He's been shot. It's just, it's gurgling out. Yeah. Alejandro comes running from behind the car and like instantly kills these three dudes. So fast. Great move. This is a really good move because we, pre- yeah. we previously saw him um, in the back seat of, a, of the car and shoot somebody from the back seat, kind of hide and shoot someone out of there. This time you're expecting the same thing, but no, yeah. he's killed Diaz as like a, you know, a decoy, and then he comes running from behind and just hoses them down. It's a good move. Yeah. Alejandro goes into the house. Then he walks into a courtyard where he sees Fausto Alarcón eating dinner with his wife and two sons. Alejandro walks over. Uh, I liked that they didn't notice him until he was very close. He's just such a stealthy badass. Like, he's dressed all in black. Looks super, super cool. You can read the disdain for this intrusion on Alarcón's face. Great job by this actor just acting like, I'm the boss, and how dare someone, like, intrude on me like this. Yeah. I think he knew he was going to die, and I think his disdain was more for, like, how could you come to my home rather than you're going to kill me? Just like, how dare, how sure. dare you yeah. be here right now? Yeah. Yeah. As soon as he saw him, he knew it's sort of over for him. You know, he, he knew he's going to die, but he was kind of pissed off <laughs> about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's very pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. So he tells Alejandro, it wasn't personal. Alejandro says it was for me. Love it. Of course. Of course it is. Alarcone says, not in front of my boys. And Alejandro shoots the boys and the wife. He points the gun at Alarcone and shoots him too. I had no idea what was going to go down. No. You know, you don't know what the tunnel's for. The tunnel's a way to drop Alejandro into Mexico where he can make this hit. 
right? He's the hitman. Yeah. He's the the Sicario, but you yeah. don't really figure it out until you know right here. And this is what this yeah. is what the plan was. It's to like it's to take this guy out. Mm-hmm. And man, it was it was pretty shocking. Even yeah, even watching it, I didn't think he was going to kill the wife and kids. I thought for sure, like you said, no. this. Alarcon is dead, but not the kids, not the wife, but that's who he kills first. Like this yeah. guy is, uh, he's a cold hearted killer. He is. He killed, he kills the wife and kids first so that, uh, so that this guy has the same experience he had, you know, because, uh, Alejandro's wife and, and daughter are dead. So he kills them first so that he can sit with it a bit before he, you know, kills them across the table. And, uh, I, I think his, uh, this this drug boss's uh wife here at the table is also doing a great job um yeah. you know she's freaking out obviously and as the story's going you know sort of as uh as alejandro's talking as soon as he mentions that his daughter was killed i think she then realizes that now her kids are probably in danger too because if this guy's here for revenge maybe he's here for the whole thing now and uh, you can just see her face. She just gets even like, just starts crying more. And just like, you can see it in her face that like, oh no, I think my kids are going to die. She sunk into her seat. Yeah, she sunk. So we're back at Kate's apartment and Alejandro has shown up to pay her a visit. Now, what did you think of this? Uh... I mean, the whole thing or just when I, when I see him in the room? Ah, whatever you want. When I see him in the room, I know what he's there for. <laughs> you know, I know he's there to make her sign off on this mission or he's going to kill her. And that is exactly the way it goes. That's the way the conversation goes. I mean, he's so calm, like he's been all, all movie. He's not doing it very aggressively, but he is threatening her that if she doesn't sign those papers, uh, she is going to she's going to die. And he has very interesting thing that he says um which you know makes a little more sense later but uh he says she says i'm not going to sign it and then he holds a gun to her her chin and he says you would be committing suicide so i think he says that because he's using her gun um so it'll go through her head it'll look like she shot herself but it's just it's just interesting to me in that moment when i don't know it's her gun and he says you're committing suicide because it's like no you're the one killing me. You're the one pulling the trigger, but it's like, he's putting all the blame on her. You know, it's, it's just another thing where the, the movie's all about passing it off. You know, it's just like, no, if you don't do this thing, it's your own fault. You're dying for your own fault. You committed suicide. You killed yourself. And it's like, well, no, you are still the one doing it. You're still the one pulling the trigger to kill me. So yeah, I thought it was interesting that he said, Oh, if you don't sign, you're committing suicide. Right. Um, but yeah, so she, uh, she signs, she signs and he, uh, he leaves. Yeah, I, I mean, I I liked his line. You're, you'll be committing suicide because he's, you know, I felt like he was giving her an option, right? Like you can sign this, and if you if you choose not to sign it, then you're choosing death. You're the one choosing to get killed because he he's he's definite. He is one hundred percent gonna kill her, right? So it's a, it's now up to her. He's not gonna waver at all. It, it's up to her. Does she choose to live or, or does she choose to die? So in a way, if she chooses to, chooses to die, she's killing herself because she has the opportunity to live. So I, I looked at it a little bit different, but just because I didn't consider um, like your point about her gun. It is her gun. I didn't yeah. really... I thought maybe it was just yeah. his gun, but it is her gun. But um, I thought it was a great scene because 
he asks her to sign it and she says she, she can't. Like she can't physically bring herself. This is where her morality comes in, right? She can't do it. Yeah. And he says, yes, you can, right? Because it doesn't just go to the gun right away. There's a bit of back and forth. And she starts crying. And he goes and he like wipes her tears off her face. Like this is the caring Alejandro who's been looking out for her this whole movie. He says here, he says, you remind me of my daughter. You know, he had mentioned before, he's like, you remind me of something I care. uh, You remind me of someone I care deeply for. And here he says, you remind me of my daughter. And yet he's going to kill her if she doesn't sign this piece of paper. And, you know, she says she can't do it a couple times. Yeah, he says, yes, you can or else. And she signs it. And then. uh, Yeah, it's. uh... Yeah, go ahead. I, I think I was just going to say, I think the movie is, uh, you know, a lot about how the system's messed, you know, because like from both sides, you know, like it's just like there's people dying all over the place and it's not good versus bad. It's not good guys and bad guys. It's just gray. The system's screwed yeah. up and people are dying all over the place. And I think this is where it comes to right at the end here. She wants she does not want to sign this and she has to. The system's so messed that if she wants to keep living, she has to sign this thing that she doesn't want to do. Um, and so she does it. Yeah. And he takes the gun apart into a few pieces, leaves it, walks out of her apartment. Then we see him walking in the parking lot. She comes out of her balcony. She's put the gun back together. She points it at him. And he turns around, looks back at her and waits and she doesn't do anything and he walks away. Now, do you think there's any significance to that moment? Yep. That's, that's, I think for me, the most significant and it is that's still in her control. The system's broken, but she still didn't kill that person. Everyone else has just been shooting people because they've been wronging them. He was going to kill her. He already shot her once. Yeah. He was going to kill her in her apartment. It's her way out. It's She can shoot him and rip up, you know, and just go get the papers, rip them up. Done. But she doesn't because in her control is still she doesn't have to shoot that guy. You know, her morale, she still has her morality. And outside of the system, she still has it because she didn't shoot him. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's like she's kind of like getting her morality back for the first time in yeah. the movie. She's she, yeah, she's got she control has control in the moment and she Yeah. against everything we've seen happen in this movie, she has the opportunity to make the right choice and she does. Yeah, exactly. And also, you get the feeling like he he would have just dodged the bullet. <laughs> <laughs> Probably true. He would have just been behind her somehow. Yeah, I feel like there's no way <laughs> she'd even be able to hit him. He's just so yeah. good. But <laughs> Yeah. So the movie closes on that uh, police officer's son standing by his dad's bed where we've seen him so many times already, but now his dad's not there. Yeah. The boy goes to play soccer with the mother. And as they're playing the game, it's interrupted by the sound of machine gun fire in the distance and the end. Chet. Shit, man. It's, uh, it's heavy. It's a heavy movie. Heavy movie. Very, that, th- this is what you get with Denis. His movies yep. are, um, they're heavy. He doesn't have a movie that's not heavy, at least that I've seen. But yep. um, usually, you know, heavy in, in a good way. Like it's, it doesn't, I don't know. This one ended maybe a bit, a bit darker than 
most of his, I would say. Yeah, I, I think I think it's it's dark because the world is messed that you know yeah. that he has in this movie. It's like the world is messed up, but at least our heroine uh made the choice. So like the whole movie, like Josh Josh Brolin basically in this movie says, What are we supposed to do? We have to keep killing them so that the drugs stop, because what are we supposed to do? And she at the end here the one person makes the moral choice to not kill someone. So it's like, okay, there's hope. Yeah. Maybe if everyone can get to that point, we have hope. You know, so I, I, it is very bleak. The world is still very bleak. The ending is very bleak. But you have at least your one heroine who made the good choice. Yeah, I like it, man. I like it. It's a great movie. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I watched it in 4K. It just it blew my mind. It was so impressive. Amazing. Yeah. Man. Uh, okay, well, that's it. We did it. We did Sicario. Yeah, we made it through. It's a, it has a lot of plot, and I, I think we did a good job. I hope so. Let the uh, listeners decide. Okay, cool. <laughs> right on. Well, hey, as we mentioned, uh, hell or high water next week. A rare, a rare glimpse into what's coming up next from Talking Back. Very nice. So, if you haven't seen Hell or High Water, take this opportunity. Check it out. It's an excellent movie. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. If you'd like to help support Talking Back, please tell your friends about us. Share one of your favorite episodes. Get them listening. You could rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. You can leave a one-time donation of any amount at buymeacoffee.com slash Talking Back. Or you can sign up to be a patron at patreon.com slash talking back podcast, where we will go into a mutual agreement of you contributing monthly a few dollars, and we provide you with bonus episodes. It's a wonderful relationship. People are enjoying it. We think you should too. Right, Dean? Dean's nodding his head. Yes. He's so enthusiastic about this. I always just nod at this point because you're just on a roll. So I just <laughs> I just let you go with it. But I'm definitely there are good things you're saying. I'm shaking. It's, my it's head, a great yes. deal. Uh, it's a great it's for a, great a couple bucks a month. You can get a wrap up episode, which is quickly possibly becoming our best episode. We love we, it. We touch it's, on it's a great. Yeah, time. We, we have a great time. We touch on everything that we covered that month. Um, and it's it's so much fun. So you might want to check that out. Very, very inexpensive way to get more episodes. And you help support us. Come on. That's the best part. And we love doing it. We do love doing it, yeah. And now that this episode's over, don't worry. Head on over to BFOPnetwork.com and check out one of the other amazing nostalgia-based podcasts in our network. We promise you'll find something that you like, or Dean will cross a hidden tunnel into Mexico. Uh, I don't want to, but I will do do it. it. All right, Dean, thank you for joining again this week. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. 
We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. <laughs>